Welcome to MHM Podcast Network on moviehousememories.com. Podcast for pod people. Our feature presentation begins now. Welcome to our Japanese buzzsaw edition of Movie House Concessions here on the MHM Podcast Network. Each episode, we pull a random film from the display case to see if it is as fresh as the day it was released. I am Chad. And I'm Patrick. And for this episode, we're reviewing 1972's Godzilla vs. Gigan, directed by Jun Fukuda, written by Shinichi Sekizawa, and starring Hiroshi Ishikawa, Tomoko Umeda, and Minoru Takashima. But before we begin, I have a very brief summary to provide for you all. A young manga artist, Jinko Totaka, goes on a job hunt in Tokyo and finds himself at the home offices of a brand new theme park called World Children's Land. Jinko shows off his artwork to Kubota, the secretary of World Children's Land, who immediately hires the eager young artist. As Jinko exits the office building, he literally runs into a young girl being chased down by the secretary and members of his security detail. The girl drops an audio tape reel when she crashes into Jinko, but flees the scene before recovering the tape. Jinko picks up the tape and hides it from the secretary. A short time later, the young girl, Machiko Shima, and her friend, Shosaku Takazuji, <laughs> track down Jinko and retrieve the tape. Machiko uh, explains to Jinko that her scientist brother, Takashi Shima, has essentially disappeared while working at the World Children's Land construction site and they want to get evidence against Jinko's new bosses, stating children's land is the enemy of peace. The trio play the tape, labeled Action 2 Tape, but they learn nothing from the audio. Miles away on Monster Island, two famous monsters are triggered by the Action Tape audio. Godzilla and Anguirus are both able to hear the audio and are bothered by it. Godzilla... The king of all monsters sends Anguirus to the mainland to investigate this signal. Immediately, the military puts up resistance to Anguirus, so he opts to head back to Monster Island to get reinforcements from Godzilla. Jinko goes to the World Children's Land theme park, which is centered around a giant Godzilla tower, which stands 160 feet in the air. Jinko locates Machiko's brother, Takashi, then shares Takashi's location with his friends as a way to, quote-unquote, save the scientist. The devious duo in control of the World Children's Land theme park, Fumio Sudo, the chairman, and Kubota, the secretary, trigger Action 1 tape, which brings King Ghidorah and Gigan to Earth from outer space. Sudo and Kubota are planning to use the space monsters as weapons in destroying and eventually colonizing Earth. It is revealed to Takashi Shima 
that Sudo and Kubota are actually aliens from a dying planet called M-Space Hunter Nebula. These aliens are actually giant roach-like creatures that project human forms when dealing with Earthlings. However, little do the secretaries know, another monster tag team heads to Tokyo at the same time in the form of Godzilla and Anguirus. Jinko Machiko Shima, Shosaku Takasuji, and Tomoko Tomo, who's Jinko's girlfriend, break into Godzilla Tower to rescue Takashi Shima from his employers. They are able to locate the scientists and escape by repelling from the monster tower. While this occurs, the military engages in an extended battle with King Ghidorah and Gigan. The military use all of their offensive weapons, but are easily dismissed. Shortly thereafter, Godzilla and Anguirus arrive to engage in the ultimate tag team match against Ghidorah and Gigan. The four monsters exchange slams, laser rays, and buzz saws while destroying much of Tokyo, which is the ultimate goal of, a- of the alien puppet masters. To assist the alien monsters under their mind control, the, si- the secretaries use a powerful laser of their own, which is shot from Godzilla Tower to injure and limit Godzilla. Gigan then uses its claws and buzz saw which is located in its belly, to cut into Godzilla and Anguirus. The five humans realize they need to assist Godzilla, so they return to Godzilla Tower and fill the elevators with TNT. These alien creatures are tricked into detonating the TNT, which blows up the entire tower, exterminating the alien roaches and freeing Gigan and Ghidorah from their mind control. The liberated alien monsters continue to beat on Godzilla, then smash him into the destroyed tower. The pain from this shot reinvigorates Godzilla, who begins to pummel Gigan. Meanwhile, Anguirus keeps Ghidorah at bay until Godzilla comes for the assist. Godzilla tricks Gigan into attacking Ghidorah. When both of the alien monsters are down, Godzilla takes control of King Ghidorah and holds him while Anguirus rams his spikes into the Space King's body. Godzilla strangles and stomps on Ghidorah's necks until he is able to break free. At that point in time, the two alien monsters fly off into space, giving Godzilla and Anguirus the hard-fought victory. With the Godzilla Tower destroyed, peace back in Japan, and all the humans in a safe place, Godzilla and Anguirus return to their home, on Monster Island, the end. Patrick, do you have some stats on this movie for us? A little bit, very little bit. Uh, Godzilla vs. Gagan was released in Japan on March 12th of 1972, not released into the United States until 1977 under the title Godzilla on Monster Island, which you see him briefly at for about 30 seconds earlier in the film. Uh, Other films released in March of 1972 include Fist of Fury, Silent Running, What's Up Doc, Slaughterhouse-Five, The Godfather, and Chad's all-time favorite film, Pink Flamingos. Oh, I think I have some of those in the backyard still. Uh, made on a budget of $1.2 million, it ultimately grossed over $20 million worldwide, so this was a success. Uh, has an IMDb rating of 5.6 out of 10, 
And on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 67% critics and 48% audience. And that is the brief numbers that I have on Godzilla versus Gigant. You said 67 critics? 67% critics. Okay, okay. Because we recently uh, reviewed uh, Godzilla versus Hedora, and it was like at 62% critics. So right. those 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 guys are fucking idiots. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Toho Studios distributed Godzilla versus Gigan, the 12th film in the Godzilla franchise in 1972, as Patrick said. After Godzilla vs. Hedorah was a gigantic failure, Toho Studios dismissed everyone associated with that film and brought back Jun Fukuda to direct and Sunichi Sekizawa to write today's film. For my money, the changes were very visible and very much welcomed. So let's start with the monsters in today's film. We were reintroduced to Godzilla and Guerus and King Ghidorah, who are all legends at this point in time. In addition, we are introduced to another space monster, Gigan, who has numerous claws, horns, and wait for it, a buzzsaw sticking out of his belly. The quartet ferociously battles it out for almost a third of this film. So I have to ask you, Patrick, what are your thoughts on the monsters in this monster movie? Well, a significant improvement over Hedorah, the trash bag monster. Uh, the, you know, King Ghidorah is always a welcome monster in the film. I think he's one of the epitome of big bads for Godzilla. Uh, and Goris or whatever, I, I don't really care for that monster. I mean, we haven't seen him. F I mean, I, I think he was in All Monsters Attack or uh, Destroy All Monsters, but he didn't have a very significant role. Uh, he, he's okay. Gigan, bizarre is what I what I would describe it. You know, the buzzsaw. I mean, you introduce that element, and I'm like, okay, I'll go along for the ride. He's got a buzzsaw in his stomach, but every time he's grappling with Godzilla, it's like, wouldn't this be the perfect time to activate your buzzsaw stomach because it would just tear him up? I would assume, but I mean, that's that's pretty gruesome for a kids movie. Uh, overall, there's multiple monsters, and I like that. You know, you raise the stakes significantly with all monsters attack and destroy all monsters, where you had multiple monsters in the film. You significantly reduced it with Godzilla versus Hedora, which was not a critical nor commercial success nor a success with us. <laughs> but I, I, I do think the the monsters in this were pretty good. I, you know, once again, King Ghidorah is there. I like King Ghidorah. I like Godzilla. The other two, I'm kind of indifferent to, but they weren't. They're not. They're not as bad as Hedorah. I'm just. They're okay. Yeah, I agree with you on all the points. I mean, Godzilla. That's why we're watching these movies. I mean, let's face it. He is the king of all monsters, and it's great to watch him do what he does. And Guerus, one of those. He is just basically a man in a rubber suit walking around on his hands and knees, uh, letting spikes come out of his back and trying to hurt somebody. King Ghidorah, yes, always dangerous, uh, can never really be killed. I think it's because he's an alien and he has three heads and he flies and he shoots laser beams and they just have never figured out a way to kill that one. And he can keep coming back and coming back. But he's always fun to watch because of the way his heads all sort of spin around in circles and wave around and he flies, like I said, picking up the other creatures and dropping them and all kinds of good times. But Guy Dan is the weird one. It's like a giant weird teddy bear, if you will, with uh, two bull horns 
who are coming out of his arm areas and a couple of them are next to his head and was a one eye. So he's basically like a cyclops. But then, as I say, the buzzsaw in his belly, just I agree with you, Patrick. Why would he not just use the saw? Go for a big bear hug with those claws and just then turn on the buzzsaw and just chop them into pieces. Yeah, it, it was it seemed like a lost opportunity other than it would be pretty gruesome and graphic. and No way would they be able to sell this to children. Yeah. Yeah. But as you said, uh, you know, you bring in all these other monsters in previous films, like all monsters attack and destroy all monsters. And those were huge letdowns when you have all these other monsters and they're just basically, okay, it is what it is type movies that are centered around little boys. Um, Not very much fun at all, you know, so this one reinvigorated the, my love for seeing multiple monsters after watching Hedorah uh recently and seeing how shitty that monster was it was good to see some old friends like anguirus and king Ghidorah. so i and i really liked their like i said long battle i think well over a half an hour and it was a lot of fun just seeing them go back and forth with each other it didn't get tiring or too tedious uh they were able to do some different stunts which i enjoyed until the ultimate battle was uh decided yeah, I mean, unlike Godzilla versus Hedorah, which also had a long battle, but it was just two. And it, it just, I think you could interrupt the battle to see they basically the way they tag teamed this and how they could approach it. It made it a little bit more dynamic, made it a little more interesting to watch during the portion of it. And they were, you know, they were cutting in the human element, if you will, the story, what uh, all the... The hippie teen, you know, not a lot of they were, I guess they weren't teenagers, but the hippies, for lack of a better description, uh, were doing as far as trying to help uh, fight the cockroach people. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to fucking call them, uh, you know, who are in Godzilla Towers. Yeah, so that was it, it. There was a lot of the way they cut the film. I thought it made it more energetic, more interesting to watch than Godzilla versus Hedorah, which the only thing you had cut in that was a little kid saying Godzilla will save us. And the military saying, hook up that electrical tower. I mean, that's, I mean, there wasn't much going on other than the fight. Well, let's, let's go down that thread then. So we were given a very simple backstory for the humans and the cockroach aliens in this film, which uh, set up the battle ultimately for these four monsters what did you think of the newest alien invasion plot and the cockroaches who tried to take over Earth? And on the human side, did any of these humans and their storylines stand out for you? <laughs> no, none of the humans really, st- I mean, stood out as far as memorable. I mean, mm-hmm. well, you had the long haired hippie guy. Uh, I mean, he visually looked cartoonish, which, mm-hmm. uh, which to be, to be fair, they chose something for this. They made a choice that they went kind of tried to make this very um, ma- manga and mm-hmm. cartoonish. And I appreciate that. Hey, let's try something different. Even having uh, Godzilla and, and, and Gores or whatever talking in word balloons in the film, it's a choice. And I, I got to say the first time I saw it, I went, Oh my God. But after, as, it, as the film went on, I didn't find it nearly as, uh, as bad as my first <laughs> knee jerk reaction to it is I was like, okay, well this was a conscious choice and I think it does make it a little bit more interesting. It, it, you know, it's not great, but 
it's you you tried something and I, I gotta give you credit. You didn't try you you weren't trying to follow the same trope. Now as far as the new aliens, the fact that they're like cockroach people as compared to I believe and I wanna say I believe the last aliens that invade us who looked it just they looked uh Asian. Uh, <laughs> all they were. Um th- 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 at least there's some fear to them you know the shadows that the, the oh this is our images but they're actually really giant cockroaches and when you see the shadows you see the giant cockroaches i said okay that's a little bit drama that was that's a little bit more suspenseful than previously so i liked these aliens their motivations are once again a little simplistic um or con or convoluted if you will uh that the fact that you can proje- project the images of uh any other human being like did you really want to take the image of a essentially a teenage boy to make him super intelligent to run a theme park or design a theme park? Is that how you're <laughs> going to go to running, to taking over the world? Why didn't you start with like, you know, the, the president of Japan, you know, <laughs> something, something along those lines. But uh, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I, I thought it was, it was dumbed down a lot, but I didn't think the aliens were horrible. Yeah, I, I, you hit the nail on the head with the the manga thing. I thought they were taking the manga uh, approach to their comic books, for lack of a better term, um, and ran with it and tried to make it into a, a live action film. And then having the Godzilla and Gorus talk to each other, which I thought was, I'm like you, I thought it was absurd at first, but it's like okay, so they have to communicate with each other somehow. And they're just having some fun with it in a manga style. And from there, having the cockroaches be the new aliens to try to take over Earth, I thought was funny because they basically said, hey, our planet is being destroyed by pollution, for lack of a better phrase. And we then flash back to Hedorah's pollution, which I found to be just humorous. And now the new aliens want to try to take over Earth because they feel like that they can destroy the Earth and then colonize it and live on it until it dies from pollution and then move on to a new land or a new planet. I found all of it a very simple yet stupid backstory, but yet more plausible than most of the black backstories we've had to deal with over the last six to eight movies. And just the fact it was so simple and they didn't try to oversell it made it just believable enough to say, you know what? This is like a comic book movie, a manga type movie. Let's just move forward with it and enjoy it and make it some fun because we didn't really have to see the cockroach people become cockroaches until they were dying. And then we saw dying cockroaches and that was sort of funny and very comic bookish as well. So I found that to be entertaining, for the lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, this is a film that did not take itself too seriously as compared to the last one, which did. And it, I, I very much, I wouldn't say it's a great film, but it was more enjoyable. It, it didn't yep. try to, it didn't try to, it didn't try to pretend to be something it's not. It's a giant monster movie fighting. And we're just going to have fun with this. And the characters, there's a very simplistic plot. It's not overly complicated. It's a plot that's essentially already been done before, but 
it, it's just done with fun. There's a lot of visual elements. I thought they put a lot visually on the screen with Godzilla Tower, you know, with the, the aliens, uh, not the aliens, but uh, the monsters with Ghidorah. Uh, I mean, all the they have a look to them and it's very colorful and dynamic comic book. And I honestly think that's what they're trying to go for. And I appreciated that. You know, as I said, the word bubbles threw me off at first, but by the end of the film didn't bother me. You know, I, I'd moved past that and I thought, hey, they went with a motif. I like that. I, I, I really, really do think this ultimately was a, a success. And obviously from the box office, it was. Do you do you think they missed uh, maybe being able to implement one of their famous uh, man versus nature type of components in here in any place? Well, I mean, I, I think they did a hard reversal from the last one, which was a man versus nature component and said, no, let's just have some fun with this. And that's all they and that's what they did. An audience returned to the series. And uh, so. I, I don't think they missed an opportunity. That's something that's always there. But this was not man versus nature. This is monster versus alien is what it was. And that that was the once they all bring in the aliens from another planet, the, the nature aspect somewhat goes away every single time. It, you're, you're overshadowed by alien creatures. And this you got the cockroach people. You've got Gagan. You've got uh, King Ghidorah. So, I mean, there's too many aliens for you to really go and Oh, yeah, there was a, a nature aspect, although they throw in that whole, you know, we polluted our you know, our planet, we're going to, you know, take over your shit that, but I, that is just a throwaway line is to give some backstory and explanation as to what they're doing. Well, I, and I, I'm with you hundred percent. Cause here's my thought on, we've talked about this being sort of a comic book manga type thing. The last three movies I think have been aimed right at the little kids because they've had little kids be the protagonist or the lead basically for the most part. And now, You've got an older humans, uh, like you say, the hippie teens or just out of college age type uh, uh, young adults instead of little kids. But you're still trying to aim at a younger audience and having some fun with it in the manga style. And I really appreciate that because you're maturing it back up a monster movie for the lack for you're trying to make a monster movie more mature again and make it fun for all audiences and not just little kids. And I really think they went at that approach to this one. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any real problem with what they chose to do here. I, I, as I said, is you, was there any kids? I don't think there was any kids even. I, I remember even kind of like background characters, but no, there were no children in it, but it still had a, a kid appeal to it because of the visual styles of it. So yeah, I, I I like the maturity of the let's just go with adult characters in this because the, the little kids never did anything important in it. In fact, one just had daydreams, which is entire, our entire monster story, which was uninteresting because it wasn't real. Yeah, I know monsters aren't real, so don't write fucking comments on the <laughs> website. But it, it just it, it was ridiculous that even in the context of my make believe movie, He's make believing again, which there's no stakes to him in the with the monsters and that storyline. Right, right. So uh, speaking of uh, aiming at a little kids, but yet having some fun, what were your thoughts on the whole concept, the World Children's Land theme park, and it being surrounded by Godzilla Tower, which I thought was just a cute little 
component here for these aliens to take over and use Godzilla Tower to eventually help destroy Tokyo and Japan, all of Japan, and eventually take over the world. Yeah, I, you know, like my initial reaction is, wow, if that happened in real life, can you imagine the protests? Like you built a tower, it basically in honor of the giant lizard thing that about every year strolls on land and destroys, you know, millions of dollars in property damage and probably kills dozens, if not hundreds of people. Oh, no. Yeah. By the way, let's remember when he first came here like 20 years ago and he was nothing but a bad guy and we, <laughs> we were fortunate enough to kill him. Yeah. Let's build a kitty ride built around that. You know, like it's, it just seems it's, it's just so entertaining to see this evolution of, you know, Godzilla from, you know, uh, villain to heroic character because of the popularity. I mean, that's, uh, I, I, that's how I always remember Godzilla as a hero character, not as a villain. That's probably why I liked Gojira so much, as it goes against my my childhood memories. But uh, it, in reality, is like, yeah, this is he's not really a, a hero. He's, I mean, he's just a reluctant uh, character who occasionally comes in, strolls into town just to fight the other monsters. And to piggyback off of you there, I love in some of the previous movies, and I don't think the I don't remember if I saw him in this one, but the little kids are playing with Godzilla toys and at various parts of these movies. And I'm like you, it's like Godzilla came in and destroyed Tokyo. He's destroyed other parts of Japan. All these other giant monsters have destroyed various parts of Japan in all these movies. But yet, damn it. If we can't make the toys for the little kids to play with (laughs) and try to turn a buck to keep uh, the economy going. Yeah, that, that exactly. (laughs) So, I, as I say, I know the last three films, which were Destroy All Monsters, All Monsters Attack, and Godzilla vs. Adora, really, really sucked and drained us during our reviews. But do you feel the franchise has been revitalized at this point in time? And are we sort of looking forward now to seeing Godzilla vs. Megalon in the future and continuing to finish out this series? Because... The last, like I said, those last three movies really, really bummed me out when I went back and reviewed them. Yeah, those were chores to go through, you know, and it's, you know, I saw Godzilla movies on, you know, like Saturday matinees, uh, not on television. And I don't remember which ones I saw because they all blur together. Godzilla fought another monster. I know I've seen a Mecha Godzilla film, and I'm assuming that's one of the ones we still have to go uh, yeah, two of them. Yeah, and and I remember, I remember, um, God, I remember King Ghidorah. Now I don't remember which ones I saw, but you know, like Hedora, I didn't remember that one, and I did not find that interesting. It, this this was a breath of fresh air. This this did seem to be a resurgence of, let's not forget what we are and just focus on uh, the, being a entertaining monster movie and we don't have to as i said i feel bad once again for godzilla versus hodor we criticize it for not you know a lot of films because they didn't have some subtext to them like the original film that one didn't have subtext it was hit you in the fucking face like a baseball bat message you know and i didn't i and really did not enjoy it because it was just so obvious and so blatant and and just and it was just bombarded you constantly with that message 
you know, this one doesn't really have a message. It's just a fun film. And to a certain extent, I think Godzilla films need to be fun first. If they have a message, that's great. You know, uh, you know, man versus nature is a, a, a frequent re- reoccurring theme. I don't think it's in existence in this, but this one was fun. I think they went with a comic book theme and kind of motif, and I think it worked really, really well. Yeah, I agree with you. Everything you're saying there. I mean, you have to make these things fun. I understand you're trying to go back and say a mess, tell a message like Gojira did, but eventually, even that one was fun to watch because it was a mystery in a way you were learning something about the mystery of what is this monster attacking Japan and where did it come from and how are they going to try to fight it? Um, and then eventually the, the monster became somewhat of a joke who danced and, you know, had fun with a little baby monster and other monsters. But eventually even those just got to be tedious and there's too many monsters and the battles are too long and, Oh, man, it just got really draining. But I give them a credit. They made this one fun again because they had multiple monsters who had decent fighting and a very easy-to-follow premise. As uh, someone once said, they didn't have too much of a too many plot points to get in the way of a good story. So I really appreciated this, and I think we're going to be in a good shape going out and finishing out our review of this series. I hope I, you know, once again, I don't remember which ones I saw. I know I saw Mechagodzilla. I saw it young. So it's, it's gotta be the, one of these two films that are coming up. And I remember liking it when I was a kid, but let's see how it has <laughs> an adult. Probably going to have a different threshold. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up and uh, Patrick, can you give us your final thoughts on Godzilla versus Guy Gan? Uh, Was this movie as fresh as the day it was released or does it leave a burnt taste in your mouth? And can you rate it from one to five stars for us, please? This wasn't great Godzilla, but it wasn't bad Godzilla. It was it's right there in the middle. Uh, Ultimately, I give it three stars. I was entertained by it. It was kind of fun. Um, it, it, it gave me an, enough of monstrous fighting, uh, and it tried something different. So I give them credit for being at least experimental with kind of the, the manga feel of, to the film. I mean, even one of the characters writes manga in, in, in the film. So I, 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 I ultimately really appreciate that. I'm obviously a comic book fan, so it, it's something that it was in my wheelhouse. So I ultimately did like it. I, I, I enjoyed watching it. It was not a chore to get through like Godzilla versus Hedora. And so I, I, I'm a little bit refreshed with Godzilla films. And hopefully with the last three we have in our set, our Criterion set, hopefully they're at least as entertaining as this one. Yep. Hey, I'm a 2.75 to three stars, just like you. I think it's a lot of fun. I could definitely rewatch this one. Um, and not have any issues with it. Um, that was one of the key things I was thinking about as I was going through all this. I think it's a good one. I would recommend it to anybody who asks about uh, Godzilla films uh, if they ever wanted to watch them. And ones to try to miss, I think we've already talked about. But this one I definitely would recommend to folks because I think they could have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I, I definitely, this is not a bad one. Yeah. Well, that is our review of Godzilla vs. Gigan. Please let us know what you think of the film in the comments section on our website and rate it from one to five stars. If there is a film you'd like for us to review, please send us an email to comments at moviehousememories.com and give us your name, location, 
and film choice. Please follow the MHM Podcast Network on YouTube, Twitter, and Stitcher to stay abreast of all the network's latest releases. Last, but certainly not least, please use the Amazon link on our website, moviehousememories.com, to buy all of your Godzilla needs. If you'd like to own the Criterion Collection of the Showa-era Godzilla films like Patrick and I are reviewing, uh, please pick up a copy at our online store located at moviehousememories.com. Well, that does it for this episode of Movie House Concessions. Until next time, I'm Chad. And I'm Patrick. This concession stand is now closed. podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The song Rock On Brudda is brought to you by Marwan Nimra at natintine.com under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Movie House Concessions, the MHM Podcast Network, and Fuzzy Bunny Slippers Entertainment, LLC, unless otherwise noted. <laughs>